Smartcast. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement. Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure that I have the opportunity of introducing special guest, Sandy Vo. Sandy is a meditation teacher devoted to revolutionizing modern living by introducing a new level of functionality and serving more conscious leaders on their journey of self-realization. She's also the founder of Prosperous, School of Self-Realization, the host of Prosperous, the podcast, and co-founder of media brand and network, Ladies Aligned. Discovering true freedom by awakening new levels of consciousness, Sandy supports conscious leaders in redesigning the unconscious mind that drives habits, patterns, and behaviors. She combines the wisdom of yoga science, Eastern philosophy, Ayurveda, with modern science to support high performers, enhance their lifestyle, become more efficient, and feel more at fulfilled in mind, body, and spirit. She works with CEOs, entrepreneurs, executives, healers, authors, dancers, creatives, and more. Utilizing proving methods, Sandy empowers women leaders to explore their highest potential, to learn how to optimize their energy through grounded techniques that fit their lifestyle, relate to their most authentic self, embrace their spirituality, and ultimately master their reality. Sandy's sweet spot is mentoring conscious leaders to master themselves so that they can bridge the gap between outer success, such as business, work, money, relationships with others, and inner fulfillment, self-trust, intimacy, spiritual growth, without causing one to burn out. It's a great pleasure that I welcome Sandy to the show. Welcome to the show, Sandy. Thank you so much for that fabulous introduction. I'm so happy to be here, Jason. I'm sure (laughs) you get this a lot, but you always know that you're in for a great conversation when you are being interviewed by an attorney who is also a psychic. That is (laughs) never, never been done before. So I'm sure we'll be in for a great conversation. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be able to interview a thought leader and a mediation teacher who's revolutionizing techniques and and branding and helping people find their true selves and authentic paths. That's what I see you doing through your work. And so my first question to you is, how did you start on your spiritual journey? 
Yeah, that is a fully loaded question, right? Um, so I got started on my spiritual journey when I experienced the highest level of pain. I think in our lives, like we all go through these periods where it's just like one thing after another, God just puts one thing and the next thing and the next thing, um, you know, un unfolding in your life. And you're like, well, when is this going to end? And for me, that period was around the time when I was about 14 years old to the beginning years of my college, uh, my college years. Um, so, you know, I, I had a, a period, it was like about a six year period where, you know, my father left um, the, the relationship with my mom and I'm super close to my dad um, and he just completely left. So I felt this degree of abandonment, which is something that a lot of men and women, you know, experience. Uh, my cousin who I was super close to passed away from leukemia um, oh, and, and uh, just it, a lot of things just happening all within that small period of time before I even was taking off in my career. And, you know, it was a very pivotal time for me because that pain, I call it the luxury of pain, gave me the ability to actually understand life at a deeper level versus just going through the motions. Um, and so I it got to a place where I had packed on about 45 extra pounds on my body. Um, I was drinking all the time um, to just numb my feelings. I would go out, I would party when I wasn't partying. I don't know how I did this, but I would make it on the Dean's list. I was always in the <laughs> library studying up until late nights, whatever I could do to just keep my mind and my body busy, I did. And eventually you can, you can see already that none of that is sustainable. And so I bought into the idea that if I get great grades, if I um, have a nice body, I ended up competing in a bodybuilding show just to prove to myself that I could get across stage and I could get abs and, and also just dedicate this beautiful journey to my cousin, Lena. But, but it was also because I was like, well, if I have a nice body, then maybe I'll be happy. So I did all these things thinking that it's going to bring me this utmost level of joy. And when I did all of it and it didn't happen, um, I just felt winded. I felt very defeated. And it was that summer when I had completely burnt out that I was led to a meditation teacher, um, after seeing a few different doctors and, um, he had completely changed the trajectory of my life from that point. I love to hear that kind of story right there. Someone comes in from the outside and helps send you on your way positively and help you in, in learning a healing modality that can help transform your viewpoints and your paradigms of the world around you probably because meditation is a very powerful practice when done right and when implemented in the right approaches and so yeah. i could tell in your energy that you meditate a lot you have very grounded energy so there's a psychic i guess let me talk it for a second but i'll say this i think when it comes to your future path for yourself you're going to do a lot more than you realize when it comes to grounding others there's going to be certain things that you're going to be doing exercises breathing breathing type courses or something you're going to link up with somebody who specializes in different breathing techniques and you guys are going to collaborate on some unique approach, something like that, um, helps you in the future. 
Yeah, well, you're on the money with that. That's, that's <laughs> um, I formed a body of wisdom. You know, I've been doing this for eight years now. And over time, what I began to do is I started to put together what I call a body of wisdom. And it's called Shanta Royale Meditation. And it translates to the Royal Path of Peace. And it teaches people. I literally just had my event this year. Okay. I had a retreat. It. it teaches people uh, the five element meditation, the five element breath work. So everything that you learn in Shanta Royale meditation, no matter how busy you are, how high level of a career that you have, if you're a young kid, you know, I had a 21 year old at my event to a 56 year old um, at, at this retreat, you can, you can access this, this state and you can feel that sense of inner peace and joy while paying the bills and, and doing all the things in, in the outer world. And yes, it's the breathing practices um, that you talked about. So it's already, it's already on its way. Well, when you when you birth it, so to speak, when you launch it, I'd love to be able to promote it for you here as well. Um, oh, yeah. Talk about it further for you, but I do see success for that stuff. And it may be other things that lead from there to other projects for you, mm-hmm. collaborative endeavors and things that are coming up because I see 2022 being very busy for you. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But it's good. It's nothing to dread. It's going to be growth for you in every way you could imagine. But I, oh, can yeah. see, I see growth and I see empowerment and I see you empowering women, but then I see you also getting kind of like empowerment in your own way on your level. So it's going to be really exciting because you're going to like really touch a lot of people. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I'm just saying like the, uh, because I'm, I'm enjoying, I love that, you know, this work really helps me to slow down and enjoy exactly where I'm at right now. Um, because, you know, you, you know, that it's not always going to look that way where you, where you can, can have that, but, you know, I do a pretty good job at protecting those spaces. So sure. What do you think from your vantage point? Because when you meditate and you're grounded, I know you're spiritual, but I also believe you're probably pretty intuitive as well. And I would ask you in terms of your level of intuition for yourself, how have you found intuition plays a role for you in developing your your business model or your interactions with others or even just your life model? Mm, it's so big. It's so big, right? So like I, I, I categorize intuition with the super conscious mind, which is a mind that is beyond the mind. And and, and that is within our bodies, within our minds, but it's also beyond that too. It's above name and form and, and, and uh, identity. And so intuition is also part of that. And so for me, one of the things that I've learned when making business decisions, because I have different businesses as well, um, is that uh, your, your intuition is this very subtle voice. And when it speaks, I say self-care is being self-aware. It's up to your human self to actually be able to listen to that. Like it's a lower self. It's the programming of what makes up my identity as Sandy, right? To listen to that so that I can make the decisions moving forward. And so the intuition plays a really key, key role um, because it's the first thing that you hear. It's not the second voice. It's not the third voice. It's not the ego that comes up that says, oh, oh no, you can't, or no, you should do this instead, or the justifications that it makes. It's that first voice that comes up. And typically what happens is when I learn to honor that intuition, the first time that I hear it, I begin to sharpen my intuition even more. And then things just, you know, things just unfold in a way where it feels a lot more, um, it feels a lot more in flow. It feels like you're in that super conscious state and you're no longer resisting so much and you're causing, you're no longer causing energetic friction, what I call, you know, as when you don't listen to your intuition. So it's, it's really, I love being able to um, continue to sharpen the skills and the tools that I've learned over the years to sharpen my intuition and different things become revealed to you, you know, along the way. 
You know, I got while you're just answering that direct downloads that you get direct yeah. downloads that benefit you tremendously in your, in your approach on how you do things. And I think that the, I just picked that up off your energy and I feel like it's great. It's very influential for you and it helps you with your creative flow and everything else. And I also yeah. feel like you're, you're an empath really strongly. You can connect with people and feel their emotions. Mm-hmm. And so that's like always a very broad intuitive ability that we, we need so much more of that in this world right now. So that's a gift to have you around yeah, <laughs> as an empath yeah. because we need that, you know, like For we need sure. more caring people. But yeah. I want to ask you about in terms of your life goals, where do you see yourself five years from now? Oh, I've never been asked this question on interviews before. That's really great. <laughs> it's, not, it's not something I've, um, I've ever shared openly, but only with my, my partner. So, so five years from now, I see, um, you know, it will, he'll be my husband. My husband and I will probably have around three kids. I would say at minimum two. And um, I, I, I see us having a very uh, beautiful empire of, um, I mean, right now what we're doing is we're getting started on investment properties. So it's like a home sanctuary line where, you know, people can go into. I don't mean, I'm just going to tell you what I did. I wrote one, 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 right. You know, how that's a lucky number. That represents your three streams of revenue coming in your future that are going to give you like really good financial stability. That's really so. funny that you wrote that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So while you're talking about that, let me just align with that. So the one stream is obviously everything that I'm doing in the meditation world. Uh, that is just my calling. Um, I can't walk away from that if I tried, right? So the meditation world, there's retreats and and everything that we're doing there. The, the second line is... Um, a tea company. So everything that I want to do, I want to create. Tea is awesome. Think about it. Everyone likes tea. Oh yeah. Yeah. I want to create an experience where people honor slowing down. We're slowing down is actually a lifestyle. And so I love drinking tea every morning throughout the day. And it's going to be something that, um, you know, I'm going to have in the future. And then the other- Sorry to interrupt you, but while you say something, I'll pick it up something psychically to share with you. One of the things you should think about because it's very important for you is to have like a, a, a tea shop, but make it a quiet space where it's also a meditation place. And people have to, on the door, they know, understand that to go into your shop, they can't speak. They have to turn their phone off. They can only pay with like a card. There's not going to be sounds. And then you're going to have all these soundproof areas with like nature fountains and like tropical music or meditation. I just see this imagery for your tea shop. And I swear, I see it being successful and it'll be in the hip, hip area. And That's people really- will hear about it. That's really interesting that you say that. So my fiance is a music producer and he produces um, vibrational therapy music and it's really taken off since we've um, published it. He spent a whole year experimenting with it and then I would bring it to speaking engagements and the attendees would just have these phenomenal experiences and they would just feel it tunes into the consciousness of wherever they're at. So he's only had that one that one piece of music, but it's been making ripples everywhere. And so that's definitely going to be included in what we're doing. And I love that you see the sanctuary um, space. I see that. The tea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that'll be a good branding for you too, because it fits into everything you do already. Absolutely. Why not have a tea shop where it's real chill, quiet? I, I would go there as much as possible. You know, like oh, when yeah. you go to a loud, a loud day, you're like, yeah. Well, hey, if it's in Sarasota, you know, I will be not, driving to see you. I better see <laughs> you. I better see you drive down there. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So, so yeah, the tea shop, and then the other thing is uh, is our investment property. So Zach and I, I don't know if we're going to stick to calling this, but it's Homes by Zach and Sandy, and 
Um, it's a it's a collection line of homes that it's you know that when you go into one of these homes, it's that sanctuary space. Like you know, it's time to kick your feet up, relax. There's going to be rooms where you Lovely can um, listen to vibrational therapy music. We're going to have a really nice oasis in the backyard. Um, it's just a space to go to where you got books around, just a place that reminds you to slow down and just enjoy like all that your life has to present to you and reflect. So that's really what what we're slowly building right now, and it's going to unfold within the next. 10 years. Um, but that's really the time frame that I give Five. it a 10 year. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have some head starts. And I also see you working with some marketing team. That's going to give you some catchy slogans and phrases for your real estate and for your tea shop. Yeah. Like it's okay to slow down or it's okay for a timeout, something oh, yeah. like that. So oh, it's going to yeah. be something catchy, but you're going to be doing like things like that as well. Mm, I love that. Look at that. <laughs> let me, let me get back into the interview. I apologize. Sometimes I pick up stuff and things just happen, but, um, <laughs> Tell me something about self-care. How do you feel self-care is one of the most important aspects of having a successful practice for life? Yeah. So I say that, you know, a lot of people think that the number one most important thing is money and it's the highest currency in the world. But the number one highest currency in the world is your energy and your attention. Those two main things when you don't have your energy and when you're giving your attention away to, you know, mainstream media and all these other outlets and without grounding into yourself, then what happens is you start depleting your own energy. And now it's affecting your everyday life. It's affecting the way that you show up in your relationships. It's affecting the way that, um, you are, uh, able to hold the space for yourself when there's things that you're navigating through, especially when there's so much conflicting information, it affects the way you make money because now your energy, it's your energy every single day that goes in to do the work to then create something to then make that money. Right. And so at a very core level, money is energy, right? That's a currency that it is, but then at a more physiological level, if we don't have the energy to take care of our own bodies, then we're not going to be able to make that money. And so I always look back at self-care as being the number one thing that we can actually do. And it's not about, you know, the bath, sitting in the bathtub, getting the manis and the petties and the nice massages and all of those things. I mean, they're nice, but <laughs> it's nice. It's definitely nice. Right. And I, I enjoy a, massages and, and all of that as well, but um, self-care at its core is about being self-aware it's recognizing when I am present in this moment, what is my body telling me? What is my mind telling me? And to offer your attention to that and offer it tools and breathing practices and, and different things that you can do to transform that energy. Because when energy isn't expressed, it's depressed. And when it's depressed and suppressed in the body, that's when we start feeling the weight of the world on our shoulders, which is an ex expression that you know many of us have used before. So self-care is just, it's huge. It's so foundational to anything. And you know that's why I'm spending you know, the, the, the beginning of my twenties, just focusing on that, you know, and, and being okay with taking the time to grow my outer things in the outer world a little more slowly, because I know I'm taking care of my roots and my foundation. What has been in your personal opinion, the biggest challenge for you in the last couple of years in terms of pushing your goals forward? Um, well, that's good right there. I think, I think it's just to go back to what I was saying before, I found that there was just this push and pull between my outer world and my inner world. There was still that type A hustler, you know, masculine mentality within me that wanted to achieve so much. I'm the daughter of 
to immigrants and I always, and I'm also the oldest sister. So I always felt this, not even a desire, but this need like that I had to do well and, and really succeed and like be a great role model for my family. And so, you know, there's, there was that push and pull between, well, I'm, I'm a meditation teacher. I teach all these things to slow down and relax. And I'm teaching myself that along the way, but at the same time, there was this old part of me that just always wanted to take control and hit higher goals faster and, and just, you know, be able to, um, just like pump out so much energy, but, you know, I did that. I did that within the first three years of starting my online practice and I completely burnt out. And I was like, no, this is against what I'm teaching. It is against my own values. And then since then I started reevaluating everything and realizing, Hey, like what I want more than anything is sustainability. It doesn't matter when things, it doesn't matter about things coming fast. I mean, how many stories do we hear about people winning the lottery and losing all of it within you know a few days so it's about understanding the the roots and the foundations and then being able to grow from there but I definitely um got caught up in you know needing to make more money and hit all the goals and and all of that when you deal with like we all deal with this negative self-talk grew up with it it's kind of like oh you can't do this or you know when you're worried about a situation it's not going to work out I always find that when that happens and I get negative thoughts about a situation, sometimes I meditate to clear my mind. I'll go for a walk. I'll do something to try to get my mind off negativity. And I, I feel like from, from that in mind, when you're dealing with a complex scenario like that and you have to calm your mind to meditate, what have you found works for you when you're dealing with a day where you have some negative things happen and you're, you're frustrated? And it, I think it happens to the best of us. You know, you could be a you could be the most positive person there is and still have those moments that you recognize that you want to address. And so how do you get from that type of a negative thought process out for yourself? How do you get out of your own, own thought loop, so to speak, of negative thoughts if they happen or crop up? Yeah, that's really great. Um, so for me, you know, especially when I'm in environments that feel negative too, right? So right now we're visiting um, his parents and and it's a really, it's definitely a very challenging environment to be around. We have different belief systems when it comes to a lot of different things and, and we're the kind of people who really just respect and other people, their truths and whatever works for them, right? But we don't always get the same in return um, because it's, it's almost like we're outliers, um, you know, sometimes. And so there, there's definitely a lot of negative energy that is around us. And then therefore, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. So, and therefore it can be really easy to, to allow that negativity to come into you too. And it leaks, it leaks into how you think about things. It triggers some of your old programming. You're right. You gotta go backwards, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. But you know, you see like I, I, what I don't do is I don't try to be positive through it, right? Like I actually am, I actually use those opportunities as a mirror, you know, and I look at it, I'm like, okay, well, if these negative things are popping up in my mind and it's still there, like there's a reason why it's still there, but instead of going down the rabbit hole of trying to dissect why it's still there, I'll just sit with it for a moment. I will talk to it. Like it is my friend. And I will say, Hey girl, what's going on? Right? Like, like, why, why is this bringing such a visceral reaction to your body right now? And I go for a walk outside. I'm grounded in nature. I feel the energy of the divine mother all around me. And when I'm in that space and I can take some deep breaths and I can do some of my practices, then 
you know, I can actually see, oh, dang, like you're upset by this because of something that happened to you an X amount of years ago. And this is triggering it again. And, and now you have the opportunity because you're aware of it to transform this energy and turn it into something greater. And so when I have negative situations or thoughts come up in my mind, I know that it is fuel and it is energy to be transformed into something greater. So instead of trying to be positive through it, bypass it, you know, try to like, just completely think positive the entire time. I, I use it as an opportunity. What do you think about energy? I'll, I'll phrase it like this to you. I tell people I read their energy and that energy is constant. It's all around us. You see it behind me, you see it through the screen, zooms, energy, right? We're all energy. So what's your viewpoint on energy and how it interacts with intuition and spirituality, where some people can read energy, for example, other people are more with the tarot cards or other people are meditative like yourself. I feel we're all light workers in some way. We try to bring light and guidance and wisdom to the world and places that we help bring some change and some paradigm shifts. And I want to see your opinion on that. Yeah. And that's something I'm open to as well in terms of how I think. I think that, you know, we all work with energy in different ways. If you're a scientist, you're working with energy in a way where you're measuring it. Like scientists are trying to figure that out, right? And there'll be a breakthrough in the future, I believe. I think there's oh, going to be yeah. something invented or something discovered. It's going to be a breakthrough and it's going to discover how energy is like when you leave the body, when you die. I think they're actually going to have an energetic signature of death. The actual physical process of this of this soul leaving the body that we actually classify as the you know there's going to be something like that that comes into clearer focus. Yeah, I mean that's something they've been trying to figure out for years now, and and they're probably developing more technologies to actually you know measure and explain like actually try to explain the things that we you know you know you and I both know like there are just some things in this world that that are so multi-dimensional multi-faceted oh, yeah. that words are not can't words describe holds it. no no bounds to be able to describe what it is that you know you want to say I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna show you an example the yeah. word unconditional love when you hear it I've experienced it spiritually and it's a unique thing it's beautiful oh. it, it's so powerful and transformative. I was asking you, what's your viewpoint on unconditional love? Because I feel like you've experienced it yourself in the spiritual realm through your meditative practices and through your spiritual enlightenment. I wanted to see if you could share that with our audience. Yeah. Oh, it's funny that you say this. I uh, I just shared a video on my Instagram of my pup son, Brody. He just turned two. So I, I said, I Happy said birthday. how to thank you. And I said um, how to how to love unconditionally because dogs are great teachers in that unconditional to love to me, you know, I always thought I knew what love was, you know, like we all, we all kind of thought that with our high school relationships. Yeah. Right. But, um, unconditional love to me was something that I met for the first time when I sat down in my first meditation where I felt this wave, it was like overwhelming and potent and deep, like deeper than the ocean. I mean, and, and, and it's, it's this wave that just goes over you and you can't describe it and and you can feel the tears and the water just moving through your body i mean even right now as i'm talking about it exactly you feel it right yeah i feel it i'm feeding off it right now <laughs> yeah it feels it's it's amazing and um and it's something that just can't be measured there's no amount of 
of time or identity or people or anything in the outside world that can measure that. And, and unfortunately, because we're human beings and we're having a human experience, like we're, <laughs> we're spiritual beings having a human experience, there is some form of confinement. But when you can tap beyond those states of confinement, you can actually experience the amount of unconditional love that is available to it's you. Unlimited. You can find that it's, it's infinite. It's yes, absolutely and- infinite. Yeah. It's it, it, exactly how you describe it. it's a wave. It, I've experienced it twice in two premonitions or dreams or spiritual visitation dreams or under anesthesia. <laughs> in 2018, when I had a colonoscopy, I had a visitation um, wow. in the garden with my grandfather and it was unconditional love and it was powerful, wow. very powerful. So you know what? The, and, and that's what I, I'm so excited. I was thinking of this just now. And I know this sounds like whatever, but it's Friday afternoon for us and we get to spend time talking about these topics. Yeah. How lucky is this right that's how i look at it like think about that in your life for a minute when you take a a reflective moment back i know we're doing an interview right now it probably sounds funny to say it during an interview but i practice gratitude and everything possible when it's recognized i was just thinking about that that we have this amazing topic to talk about on a friday how blessed that is it's such a blessing and it's not even it's not even like we were looking forward to friday it's just being present just just our lives right now get to soak soak it up it's beautiful yeah Oh, I feel that too. Thank you for expressing that. It's like celebrating it, you know? And I, I just yeah. think, and, and I want to ask you this, what do you, I, I've been, this is the theme I've been talking about recently. I feel we're in a spiritual renaissance post COVID. And I wanted to ask you if you feel the same way. Yeah. Like what are you picking up when you say spiritual renaissance? Well, for example, the way we're having a show today, right? 10 years ago, how popular would a show like this have been as prevalently on podcasts, like the advent of podcasts, the advent of greater acceptance of spiritual concepts and the publishing of all these extra chronicles and books and experiences and productions. And, you know, it's, it's a lot and it's positive. And so I guess the way I'm asking about it is what do you think of that? Like this explosion of spirituality that I feel has been happening in the last several months. And I think it's going to crescendo like a wave in, in in a changing of a lot of people's minds of what they think spirituality means to them. Yeah, I was talking about this recently on a podcast on a on an interview. And I just think that, you know, I think back to when I first started meditating, which was not even that long ago, less than 10 years ago. I remember standing in grocery lines and looking at magazines and it would say, you know, 10 reasons why he dumped you or seven reasons why you need Botox or (laughs) all these things that would just, you know, make you feel worse about yourself. Now, when I'm, when I'm standing in the grocery store line, I see magazines that say, you know, meditation and mindfulness, seven ways to refresh your space and come back to your center and, you know, like tools for, you know, mindfulness uh, to recenter your home, things that I just never saw before. And it really is like this, this, this way of seeing how the world is beginning this, this material world is beginning to flower and, and be open to more of these ancient spiritual concepts of years. that have been around for thousands and thousands of years. Like people are more thousands susceptible and open to it. But I like what uh, you're saying about the spiritual rena- renaissance after COVID, because I think what COVID really did was it just put everything to a halt. And you know how, like when you're driving in the car and you're just yeah, like, go, right. Like when you're driving the car and you were to just hit your, your brakes, like you'd be like, <laughs> you, you have no choice before your whole mind, mind and body to wake, wake up. Right. Like you, you have no choice, but to wake the, so, true. so, um, and so I think what happened was 
when that halt happened, more and more people started waking up. They started realizing, you know, while they were working at home with their husband, that they are not in love with their husband anymore. And then they get divorces or they, um, which, you know, maybe if you're, I'm not, I'm not sure what type of attorney, um, you are, property but insurance. You, you probably know. I did disaster. Okay. Property insurance. Oh, oh, well, I'll have to talk to you about that. So, <laughs> so yeah, like I, <laughs> but yeah. A lot of synchronicity, that, right? That's a lot of synchronicity. There's a lot of synchronicity yeah. in our conversations today. I've yeah. been seeing that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was just telling um, Jason before this conversation that we're getting an investment property in Sarasota. So I, I love that you're a property insurance attorney. Very cool. And I'm in Tampa, Florida. It's not yep. very far away. Nope, not at all. <laughs> 40 minute drive. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's, that's also one of the reasons people are just waking up to their reality and recognizing what is serving them and what is no longer serving them and having to actually make those adjustments along the way, instead of to, you know, deal with it anymore. There's no more escaping. There's no more you going out to drink with your buddies or, you know, going to work and staying late hours to avoid going home. Like you just have to be present and in that presence, honesty comes and, and everything starts to transform. So I think that happened to the entire world, people that write magazines, and now they're just putting out their, you know, their spiritual essence. It's almost like everyone had, um, an eat, pray, love journey inside of their own homes. That's so true. I want to ask you something that's been bothering me. I know it's probably been on, on most of our minds, but AAPI hate, the rise of hate in the United States against Asian Americans and against the Asian American community and against other minority groups. So I want to ask you, what's, what's been your, your viewpoint on that, just in terms of spirituality, how we can change those circumstances and maybe try to provide some love and some support in, in areas that maybe can help change minds and influence people in a positive way? Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. So um, I am half Vietnamese, Indian and African American. And wow. so um, you know, it, it was it was it was hard for me growing up because, first of all, people don't know you know, what, what I am. <laughs> I'm just such a mix of all, all these things. Um, and I felt like when I would walk through to the lunchroom, I just felt like this creature that the whole entire room was staring at. And, uh, I, I remember like walking to the bathroom and just sitting in the bathroom stall because I felt like that's where I felt the most safe and the most comfortable. And these were moments that I've had that, you know, I never really shared about with anyone during those times. Um, and, and so it was hard. And, and now, you know, seeing the world in the state that it is, seeing the, uh, the higher levels of, you know, hate that's coming up against Asian Americans, it's definitely re-triggered some of those things for me. And it's also helped me to see, well, how did I get through all that? Because my reality today, I don't remember the last time that somebody, you know, said anything around my race or, or anything along those lines. So what I'm saying is I believe that we all have the ability to change our, um, our consciousness in a way where our reality is so transformed that we can, we're no longer receiving, you know, that type of information coming into yeah. our field. Now it's, it's not to say that it's not happening. It's happening every single day and it's very harsh. And so if you're an Asian American and you're dealing with this, or you have family members that you're dealing with, I, the easiest thing to do is to get really angry. And if you feel angry, then feel angry. Right. But to also want to feel like you want to attack back. And, you know, we talked a lot about energy, right? So like, I think that 
no one is powerful enough to take away my energy like that. No mainstream media, no one is powerful enough to take away my energy. I actually had this thing happened um, today. I was going to send invitations out. I have an event that I'm, I'm hosting and I was sending invitations out at the, the UPS um, postal office. And um, the, I go in and I was like, um, I would like to get these sent, stamped and sent out, please. And then he was like, oh, we don't do, we don't mail like letters anymore. We only do parcels, you know, post COVID-19. And I was like, oh, okay, well, can you get me stamps so I can do it myself? And then he was like, we don't sell stamps anymore. You know, it's post COVID-19. <laughs> UPS started to sell like, stamps? Yeah, not UPS, the USPS. The oh, the USPS. Office. Yep. So he's like, we don't, we don't sell stamps anymore. I was like, okay, well, can you tell me where I can buy stamps? And then he goes, no, I can't give you that information. And I was like, you're being serious right now. And then I was like, okay. And then, and then I start like, I start looking like I'm walking away. And then he's like, no, no, I'm just kidding with you. He's like, I can tell that you're, you know, like one of those people where you would, you would just like be kind of chill. About it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's just, it's just kind of an example of there's so many instances in your life where you can give so much of your energy away. You can get pissed, you can attack back. But I think with these scenarios, and it's going to be the hardest thing to do, but instead of attacking back or giving other people your power to create more space for yourself to see like what's coming up for you right now, what, what happened to you when you were six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old, when you were walking through, you know, the, the, the grocery line at the store and you were next to other families, or you were walking through the cafeteria, you know, trying to have lunch, or you walked into the classroom and everyone looked at you or like, what did you experience at those ages? How did it feel? It's almost like an opportunity to meet your inner child. And when we do that, what happens is you form this solid bond with your inner child. Like with, you know, for me, I, when, when the whole black, uh, the whole George Floyd situation happened, I reconnected to the African American side of me. It's such a deep level. I, you know, I, I, love I, went, that. I remember like going into the bathroom and I was just like broke down on the bathroom floor, just crying, feeling all this stuff. Like I had no energy. I was so tired. And, and I sat there and, and I got deep into my meditation and suddenly I started going back to a lifetimes ago and I met myself in a past lifetime. I saw myself as this older woman, my, my feet were completely black and I, black. I was in like a black coat cloak and I was completely alone. Um, I was completely alone in that time. In the woods? Huh? Were you in the woods? I was in the woods. Yes, I get you I in the woods as you describe it. The energy. I'm just reading your energy as you describe yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I was in the woods. I was yeah. I was in the woods walking barefooted by myself with this black cloak on. And I was so lonely. And I realized what happened was I had written a, a huge book and I spent an entire lifetime writing this book. And it was a book of wisdom. It was a book to teach people during those times how to get back to themselves and, and break away from um, what's happening in, in the control in the world, you know, when people were being murdered and killed for just speaking their truth. And so I, I wrote this book and, and they got taken away from me and it got burned. And, um, and, and I also was disowned by my family. I was part of a, a royal family that I was disowned by. And so here I am as a really old woman, probably in my nineties, my eighties or my nineties. And I just lived a very, very, very lonely life. And I, I, I watched myself, you know, die there and re relive and come back into this lifetime, reincarnate into this lifetime as a Vietnamese 
African-American and as a, a, a Indian woman. And, and I'm so multifaceted that I can see views from a very universal way. I grew up with my dad being Buddhist and my mom being Catholic. And they, you know, my dad took me to temples. My mom took me to Catholic churches. So I just had a very multifaceted view of life. And I'm like, you know, that, that happened for a reason. I got to share a moment. You're our future. You're the majority of the future. So there's really nothing about you that needs to be seen as the way you felt as a child, because you're our future I mean, we're all one anyway, but what I'm saying is it's all melting pot. Our, the, yeah. the majority in the future is going to be minority now. So everyone like yeah. you who feels from when you were a child that you were like singled out or felt uncomfortable or just awkward, the reality is you're our future hope. When you really yeah. think about it, right? Oh, our future yeah. hope is yeah. like multicultural and collaborative. We need to be collaborative. We need to cooperate. We need to promote one another. We need to build each other up. Those are the things we need post COVID, not tear each other apart and separating and creating all this dissension that's out there. I, I don't know how to repair it. It scares, but I also think there's a possibility and a lot of hope because yeah. of all these people turning to spirituality, you're working with it every day. Do you feel that there's people coming into the spiritual fold now because of everything that we've all been through in the last year and a half? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I hosted the the retreat in Florida, I had people fly in from all across the states and, and I only had one person that was actually from Florida <laughs> that that went. Yeah, I think people are definitely more open to it now than than ever. And, and like you said, I think by 20, I think I read that it was by 20. 50, um, the majority of, of people will be mixed. And, and, and so, you know, it's so important. I want to celebrate that when you really yeah. think about it, that's, that's progress in our society. That's showing a success of a rebirth of our culture because of the fact that it's a natural process to have blended multicultural families and, you know, like sure. how, how that works, but it's our new reality. And, and as soon as government catches up with that in the future someday, I feel like we'll all be better off with some policies oh. that benefit everybody, right? And protect us all. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah, but the, I mean, that's a journey that everyone can go on when they just start to use the things in the outer world that trigger them to go within. You're, you're going to find so much about yourself. You're going to discover so much about yourself. There's going to be so much healing along the way. And, and just like who you show up as in the world is a completely different person than who, who you thought you were. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I want to ask you this. What do you consider befriending one's ego? Mm, yeah. So it's like I was talking about earlier, where like when you have a, a negative, so first of all, your ego comes from the ego is not something that's our enemy, right? The ego comes from our programming. And then when I say programming, I'm saying uh, things that you've learned and adopted from your parents that you've been taught religions, school systems, um, mainstream media, things that you've taken on from the outer world. And it's created this identity that is Jason, that is Sandy. And so we all have this programming and a lot of that programming, 98% of it is completely unconscious. And so your ego is also part of that programming and we need our egos. If you didn't have your ego, you would not be able to have this incredible conversation with me. You wouldn't have the fun personality that you have, right? And if I didn't have the ego, same thing, right? Same thing. 
And so our egos are, we need our egos. It's part of our, the function of, of being human. And so part of befriending your ego is when you're noticing that you have um, a, a certain programming, an old habit pattern that maybe you thought that you've already worked on, but it keeps appearing in your life again and again and again, and it's showing up in, in all different types of relationships, that's an opportunity to actually sit down and look at what is in your unconscious programming, understand, you know, what, what is it that drives the ego to do what it does? And what I like to teach my students is to step outside of it, almost as if you're looking at your, 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 your personality. So I would like step, for example, I'll step outside of Sandy and I will watch Sandy in it. You know, I'll watch what she's doing, how she's behaving moments. I'll, I'll keep inventory or, or I'll watch like what she's thinking, things like that. You're stepping away from it to be actually be able to see it. And that's what you do when you practice meditation. So when you're doing that, it's like, now I get to sit down at the dinner table and my ego is right there. And we are friends. We're having a conversation. We are sitting down. We are talking about our feelings. Like, and yo, what's up? Like let's talk yeah, about this. Like, right, <laughs> like, let's talk about this. Like, how often does that happen? More, it's usually more so like, like, yo, shut up, you know, like get out of here. Right. Um, but, but when you sit down and you actually talk about it and I know it's hard, I mean, having tough conversations with other people is hard, let alone yourself. Right. Um, but when you learn to do that again and again and again with yourself, it's so easy to have those tough conversations with other people. And, and you're actually giving your energy a place to go when you're doing all of that. So that's, that's how I see uh, befriending the ego. It's a really it's powerful. Great question. It's a powerful way of looking at how to, how to, I always considered, I was a psych major in college and I always considered ego as a harmonizing agent. It goes again, yeah, the human authority and the id, the ego, super ego, right? Yeah. Uh, so our ego is our front face, but it's also within ourselves, our harmonizing agent, how that we deal with our word. corresponding parts of ourselves. And yeah. I always look at the gestalt. I, that was my favorite word in my psychology courses was the gestalt, the whole. Oh. I, I consider that as like the best word there is. Because if you look at the gestalt of something, you look at the universe as a gestalt of everything, then mm -hmm. it's easy to see that we're all interconnected. And yeah. not separately, right? Yeah, we, we got a cheers to that. That was a really beautiful way of. Um, Thank you. I'll drink my one minute. <laughs> cheers. Happy Friday afternoon. Happy Friday. Yeah, that's a very oh. beautiful way of explaining the ego is a harmonizing agent. Like that has people don't talk about it in that way. And I think people need to understand that more because we see you see it in the in the self-development world that the ego is your enemy. You know, you, your ego is not your amigo. It's like a yeah. popular line. If right? you're not, but, if, if you're not practicing self-love and you're, 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 you're having issues with yourself, right? You're conflicted. Yeah. You're, you're feeling guilt. You've got things that you haven't worked through yet or let go of sufficiently. Then yeah. your ego becomes your, your frenemy. You yeah. got to work against your ego to get through where you need to be, to get to the higher level of yourself and get past all those inner hindrances. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting word. Uh, while you were talking, you know, you mentioned you had a book that you had published in the past life. I got a download while you were just talking and I got poor Richard's almanac. So there yeah, was some poor Richard's almanac hmm. was like an ancient book they used to do in the 1700s and 1900s. And it's still something to still do. So it's not what poor Richard's almanac that you were involved with in, in terms of your connection with the literary stuff too in your past life. Very interesting. Something weird to bring. <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you meditate, have you ever had an out-of-body experience? And if so, what was it like? Oh, yeah. You know, 
I have. That, so. Yes, yes, I have. <laughs> so the way that I, uh, yeah, I nodded my head, but people can't see that if they're listening. Yes, I have had out-of-body experiences. And it's something that, that can happen pretty often when you deepen the states of meditation. So the way that I teach meditation isn't just to have you go sit down, close your eyes, and now you're meditating. There's a systematic way where you're prepping your body, your breath, so that you can go in into a deeper state. And it feels a lot more potent when you are going in. And so when the, there have been times when I've done that, and, and also the time that I explained to you about going into the past life, that was a complete out-of-body experience there, where I, com- I disconnected from my current self, and I was We're able to- body time travel, I call it time traveling um, and to, to a past life and to be able to, to see that so clearly, I mean, you can't make that stuff up and then to bring myself back and open my eyes and, and be here in this lifetime. So that's, that's, that's an outer, a really big outer body experience that I've had. I'm talking about outer body experiences beyond just meditating on daily basis. The other outer body experience that I had was actually when I tried to commit suicide. So when I was going through my, my deepest states of, of depression, right before I found my meditation teacher, I heard this voice, you know, tell me that to take my last breath mm-hmm. and, 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 and to kill myself. So I thought like I, I took it literally and I thought it was God t- talking to me. And so, um, I like talked to myself to feel safe and I, you know, cover, I, I covered my, my face and, and leaned myself down on the pillow. And I, I tried to just like completely let out and my whole entire body started shaking and was vibrating. And suddenly I, and I, I'm just seeing pitch black. And then suddenly I opened my eyes and I'm thinking, wow, like that was it. Like, <laughs> it wasn't so bad. It wasn't so bad. I don't mean to laugh. It's just yeah. the presentation of it. Oh yeah, I know it's a presentation, and I'm I'm very um goofy and childish at heart. So just under, I, I'm the same way though. So yeah, can... for sure. Yeah, I mean you gotta. You I mean you gotta. I mean going through those times humor. are so dark. You gotta have humor when you get that humor when you it. deal with depression because I deal with depression for every sure. day, and in order to deal with it and manage it, you have to have a sense of humor. You have to have. Uh, you gotta approach it with some levity, like levity, but then also some 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 humorous moments it makes it better it changed the vibration of what we were just talking about and raised us right within two seconds yeah completely right Right? yeah so like after after that experience when i opened my eyes i thought i I thought i was i was done i was gone i was like well that was easy and (laughs) and and i'm looking around and i'm looking around me and i'm like feeling on the bed and i'm feeling everything around me oh i'm still here and then i hear my family members, I hear everyone, you know, playing around in the background. I'm like, oh, I'm still here. And then I heard this other voice come through and it was like, oh, sweet child. You know, it wasn't to kill myself. It was to kill my ego. It was to kill the past parts of me that I was so attached to that it was just like literally depleting my energy and my life. And when I heard that come through, I said, oh, you know, that, that's, that's, that's such a different experience. And then after that, I devoted myself to a full year where I just dove into these meditation practices and breathing practices. I had no social media, um, didn't, I wasn't using my devices as much, didn't watch any uh, television. I just tuned fully into these practices so that I could understand, because if that voice guided me to you know, kill my ego in such a way, what, what is, um, what space is it making for something else to be born for the highest version of me to be born? Right. 
Big things. Yeah. Well, when you said that, I get the word big things is what my spirit guides wants to share with you. Big things yeah. are up ahead for you. Yeah. Based on what you're building right now, the three things that we talked about earlier, three streams of revenue and the things that are coming up here in Florida for you. T-shop, yeah. new opportunity with the other two things. So real estate, yeah. spiritual housing, do spiritual stuff with housing. That's what you got to do. You're going to take housing as a product, like Airbnb and make it spiritual. Your spiritual space of tranquility is going to be associated with your branding, with everything else you do. And then you're going to have platforms and you might even host retreats at some of your properties and get people to come in there and you see what's there you go. Yeah, you're on it. You're you're good, Jason. Thank <laughs> you. I just feel your energy. It's very positive, very open. So that's why it's easy to mm, read. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I, I want to ask you this because we're running low on time already. If you can believe it, how fast these interviews go when it's like, I feel like they have a power of their own. I feel like when we connect like this, oh yeah. It's just like, like you said, we cheered, you know, like <laughs> it's like <laughs> I mean, we talk some serious topics, but at the same time, we're also able to have a good time and, and, and share our viewpoints and ideas. And I love talking to fellow enlightened spiritual people because I feel like it's so easy to talk about these different topics and yeah. people don't get hung up on it. You know, when you talk to non-spiritual people about chakras and auras, it's like it goes right over their head. It's like deer in headlights. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had that experience with non-spiritual people when you're trying to talk about if they ask you what you do and you're like, oh, I'm a meditation you know, guru, and I do this and I do that. Like, how has been your response from people that aren't as in touch or in tune or, you know, you know, there's some of you like, I like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like my, my fiance side of the family, for sure. My family is super <laughs> tuned into everything that, that I do. They've gone on this journey with me, but I would say my fiance side of the family, you know, they, they just ask and, and they're just like, oh, you know, like there's really nothing much after that. Uh, it's like oh so what did you do today i was on a podcast and it's this guy he's a site oh and then they'll probably shut down with a few seconds of that and, then cool. like, yeah. and what did you talk about <laughs> yeah 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 so you know like what i've learned over the years is not not you know especially if you're on the spiritual path you know you're sometimes you feel like you need to dim down what you're doing in order to relate to people but what i've actually what i've actually learned is if you just um meet people at the level of consciousness that they're at without dimming down what you know or who you are. I mean, that's a sweet spot. That's a magic spot right there because now you're not, you're not trying to make them understand something that they just can't even possibly fathom in their minds. But at the same time, it's, it's just like, you know, you're meeting them exactly where they're at. And I think that's, that's the approach that I take with students and everyone. And I, I found that it's created this doorway. It's like an open doorway that they know they can enter any time and it's accessible to them and it's subtle and it's gentle. And so I think that's a lot more potent to me than just like shark, like, you know, like if you don't know meditation, you suck and you know, you need to, <laughs> you need to start practicing because you need it, you know? That's a, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think of that too. It's like, you got, you don't need to dim your life for anybody at all. And in fact, it's, it's not necessary, especially not now. I want to ask you about the Prosperous School of Self-Realization. If you can share with our audience what that's about. Yeah. So Prosperous School of Self-Realization is something that was born last year in 2020. Um, I was sitting on a hammock uh, here in the Adirondacks. It's super beautiful here. If you ever get a chance to come up here, it's 6 million acres of mountain ranges and it's all protected and huge lakes yep yep i'm from jersey so i remember the island really pretty oh i love that i love that yeah so many synchronicities so you're super close (laughs) close yeah so so the adirondacks super beautiful 
Um, and you know, we went, we went to the mountains. I was on my hammock, just having a really chill time. And then I was looking at a pine cone. And if you've ever looked at a pine cone, oh, you yeah. can, you can actually see the eye in, the tree in my backyard growing up. So we had them all the time. Yeah. I love it. The, yeah. the, the stickiness to them and the cedar. Yep. The smell of them and everything. But if you actually look at them, there's eyes around them. And um, the pineal gland is named after the pine cone. So as I'm looking at this pine cone, like in a super meditative state, I, I, uh, I received this message that you are the eye of this, you are the eye in the center and everything around you is, is your mirror, right? Like every relationship that you have is your mirror. And now it's time to actually uh, deliver these messages and this body of wisdom to more people. So, you know, I've been practicing meditation at that time for the past seven years, and it was time to put it, put something together so that people can actually experience it in a very compact way. And so then Prosperous was born and we started off with 15 uh, students and they just have had phenomenal results and experiences and transformations. I think that people are really surprised what can happen when you have a container, a 90 day container and you're given skills and tool sets, simple, practical things. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, but you're taking the time to breathe. What I tell people that is that the majority of people aren't even breathing fully. So the majority of people, they wonder why they're anxious, but the majority of their time, they're breathing from their chest. And so when you're breathing from your chest, the cells in your body aren't receiving the highest levels of oxygen that it actually needs. And so you're not thinking as clearly, your brain feels foggy, you're not making clear decisions. But when you actually take the time to just like, just take that deep breath and you let it in through your body and, and a few techniques that I teach too, your body is happy. Your brain is happy. You're making better decisions. You feel a lot more clear. And when you have clarity, you got oh, direction, yeah. right? Like oh, when yeah. you have clarity, you've got everything. I think a lot of people talk about confidence, but I'm like, if you've got clarity, that's so much more important than confidence because there's a lot of people that project confidence that aren't clear at all, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's oxymoron, right? It's, it's hypocritical. Yeah. Conflict yeah. So, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. Got, so that's what Prosperous is all about. Just helping people to feel in the prosperous state, but you don't have to have an eat, pray, live trip to go all the way to India and Bali to find that you don't need to be a monk to find that sense of inner peace while doing all the things in the world. And I hope that by living by example, by having multiple businesses and being a meditation teacher and being super grounded in the way that I live my life and slow with, with how I'm living as well, that it shows people that it's fully possible. You live by your example. Yeah. Which is beautiful. I got another download from you in a minute to share. It's called Mentorship Accelerator. There might be something you do in the future where you do something with helping to accelerate mentor relationships between people you work with for empowering women. Mm. You're saying mentoring relationships between it would, it would be called men, the men, like you know, the mentorship accelerator is like a mm -hmm. product you would create or something with the mentorship accelerator concept where you would help people with a mentoring relationship connect with their mentees in such a way through the you know, like through whatever methods and bridges you use already to. Yeah. Well, you know, something we're doing right now is um, we're, we're going to work with a lot more corporations and organizations to bring this work into their, their field. So Beautiful. working with higher level executives. So, so that might be what you're picking up on there. It's positive. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, last question. If you're in an elevator and you're, let's say you're on one of your trips and you're stuck in an elevator and you get to pick the person you get to spend an hour of your time with to talk to them from any any part of your life or any part of history or any part of the world. 
in your knowledge, who would you want to be in the elevator with to share time with and gain insight from and why? That's very interesting. (laughs) You asked really good questions. Thank you. (laughs) The first, I'll I'll say the first um, face that pops up to me, um, I would say Paramahansa Yogananda. Um, Paramahansa Yogananda is the author of the autobiography of a yogi. It was a book that, you know, Steve Jobs picked up and, and in his trip to India where he, you know, had this whole experience with this apple and then, and then Mac, you know, apple came to be exactly what it is. Um, and the Beatles, you know, had stacks of them, hundreds of them, um, that they would pass out to people that, that they would meet. And the reason why this book has been so phenomenal and has sold millions and millions of copies, even after, you know, he's physically gone is, you know, this, this yogi came from India to come to America, didn't even know how to speak English and, and is, was able to share this wisdom. Um, and, and what he taught was Kriya yoga, but he was able to share this wisdom to a stadium full of thousands and thousands of people that were willing to, to listen. And, um, he just has a very potent energy. And I think like, if I were to, be in an elevator with him for an hour, I would just, I would just want to hear what, what that was like for him. Because I think for me personally, one of the things that I feel that I've struggled with a lot on this path is like staying so, um, in tuned to my practices and, and the things that I know through this lineage of, of meditation and, and yoga science. Um, but also just having this desire to experience success in the outer world as well. And I always ask like, well, do I need to give that up? And sometimes I'll go through that battle of like, do I need to give up all these things to, to feel that? And, and it was through all of that, that I started to learn that I'm, we're here to experience all of it. Like we are here to have the human experience and it is the joy, the love, the peace and everything in between and the pain and the, and pain, the pain, right? Like everything in between. And so I would just be curious to see like what it was like for, for him when he came to America and, and started sharing some of these principles and practices and, and how he lived behind the scenes, not like what people knew him as, but what it was like for him behind the scenes. That's very profound. I love that. I would pick someone like Abraham Lincoln just to find out out of curiosity how he went through so many setbacks in his life, because that's pretty much, you know, we know him for the assassination, civil war, all the things we know public, but he had so many setbacks in his young life before he became president that if you were to take, here's a challenge. If you ever Google this, say failures of Abraham Lincoln and it'll list out. And if you, if you, if you printed it out, but you didn't say it was Abraham Lincoln and read it to somebody and said, listen to this person, all these failures and leave out the part of presidency, they will, they would not guess Lincoln. The average American would not realize how many said he got up, up, ran for office, lost, lost business, bankrupt. I think he was bankrupt, if I'm right, but I don't want to ad lib on that. He had enormous setbacks. And I think that helped shape him into the person he was at yeah. the moment we needed him most. Yeah. I love yeah, that I that's know. what you you do on your podcast is you interview guests and and you know, there's so many stories that are being shared about adversity and yes. like setbacks. And I think people need to hear that because sometimes you look in the spiritual world and it's also positive sunshine and rainbows, crystals, tarot cards, and all this stuff. But <laughs> but it's so much more than that. I mean, I, I got my first deck as a gift, you know, this year. I've, I actually yes. have never owned um, any tarot cards, um, but I, it's so much more than that. And like I said, like, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We're not humans having a spiritual experience. So like the the truth is like the truth is 
we are here to have this human experience. So the more that you can anchor deep into your spirit and then just go and have this wild human experience, the, the better off you're going to be. And what that means is going through the adversity and the tough things that are going to come your way because no tall oak tree or pine tree was, you know, built in a day. So exactly. And, and that, you know, I love the way you phrase all of that just now, because I, I, that aligns with exactly how I look at things. Like I tell people all the time, when you're dealing with rough moments, when you're dealing with like a prognosis of cancer, like I had for a few months or any setbacks I could think of, you know, like you, you learn to realize that what life throws at you that you may consider negative or hurtful or, or painful, it just also brings you the remedy. Time heals. You can yeah. be patient with your situation and know that it's like turbulence on an airplane. I tell my clients I work with, I give readings to them, look, any negative situations you're worried about, it's turbulence on an airplane. If you think about when you're flying somewhere, I used to fly a lot. And every time I flew to Texas, we always had a bumpy ride landing into Houston for work because I used to do hurricane work, bike work over there. My point is, that gives me my own point of reference to tell people like, I tell them two things from applying a lot. When self-care, I always tell them put their mask on first before helping others. So they need to take self. We all give that example, I'm sure. And then the second one is if you, if you deal with bumpiness, it's only turbulence on an airplane. It's going to, it's going to come and go. You're just going to need to stay grounded, plant your feet on the, on the earth and, and, and embrace the loving healing energy around you and you'll get through it. And whatever healing modalities and positive people you need to tune into, watch a show, watch a podcast, tune into whatever, whatever it takes, figure it out. But we can do these things. You know, we've proven, we've made it through this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So if we can get through that, if we can get through that, anyone who's listening to this could get through anything in your life, anything. It doesn't matter. You made it through that. Yeah. And, and don't get so lost in like what other people are doing or how things look like. Like I might be grounded, but I'm not always grounded. I'm not always positive. Yeah. I'm not, you know, no one person is always anything, no matter what they're exuding to you in the outer world. So really focus on your own journey and don't compare yourself to what's happening out there. And through that, like you're going to discover so much about yourself. Like it is so much fun to just be with yourself because you're learning Present. something new every single day. And, and it's like exhilarating. I'm like, when people tell me they're bored, I'm like, how could you be bored? Like every <laughs> moment is pregnant with so much life. And, and like, if you just tune into it, like an opportunity, right? Like you feel that like every moment is so alive. Um, and we're here to just like, just embrace all of that and, and marvel in it. So I love what you said about that. And just know that there's, there's always another day and 100%. yeah. Yeah. I want to ask you about your podcast. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to ask you about that. I'm sorry. We had such an engaging conversation. If you just share with our audience about your podcast and where they can find you. Yeah. So my podcast is prosperous, the podcast. And, um, I would say to listen to that on Spotify. Um, I think that's like the best listening experience and they're short 15 to 25 minute episodes. And, and once you tune into it, just like the frequency of it, the energy of it, it just brings you right back home. And I talk about things that are very timeless. Um, I stay away from too much opinionated stuff. It's just to meet your soul where it is um, whenever you need it. So um, that's Prosperous the Podcast. And you can find all of that information on sandybow.com. I want to thank Sandy for coming on the show today and joining us for a very amazing conversation of various topics that I, I feel were just so important and so necessary to have with our audience. And I'm just so grateful for her to share her insight. Her, uh, She's the founder of the Prosperous School of Self-Realization. And check out her Prosperous, the podcast, her website, check it out. I'm going to post that in our, in our program notes as well, by the way. And I always, I've been putting out 
promotions that include this information as well. So check my Instagram, my social media, and you'll see that as well. You know, Sandy is showing a lot to me that you can live a spiritual life in the human body. You can be a spiritual person. And this is our avatar, so to speak, at least that's my take that we have the human experience, but we're spiritual beings. I love that to, has an outtake for me because the way I look at that is a lot of people ask me, well, you're spiritual. Do you ever get frustrated? Do you ever have a bad day? And the answer is like, duh. Yeah, of course I do. Absolutely. Uh, I was depressed a lot through the pandemic. I admit that. And I got through it. Part of the thing I did to get through my depression was be creative. That's something that helps me. So if there's people in the audience that suffer from depression and you might be shy about going to see somebody, there's things you can do within yourself to try to give yourself some purpose and help you through things. Be creative, journal, meditate, think about things that matter to you and try to do them more. I, ever since my cancer diagnosis, when I got rid of cancer, I tell people in my life, friends and family, I love them more. Sometimes they laugh and look at me a little silly, but I do that because for me, I never want to have that regret moment of someone passing away and me feeling like, you know, I didn't get a chance to really express how I feel towards them. Because I've seen clients that come to me with that kind of feeling. And I always want to make sure they know, let, let that go. That's not something you got to be burdened by. Death is not meant to be a grieving process permanently. It's actually just a transitional state of where we go from one point of existence to the other. We're all reunited. Love combines us. And uh, I should say, love actually links us to one another, like an invisible umbilical cord. So if you're grieving a loved one, just keep that in mind. You are having dreams with them. It's not a coincidence. It is likely a visitation dream. Or while you're driving down the street, if you see them, if you think of them and you see a unique rare bird on the tree staring at you, that probably has some spiritual connection. So keep in mind with all these things. I love having spiritual guests come on and talk about meditation and healing modalities. And that's why I'm so grateful about Sandy coming on and sharing her insights. So check her out. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode. Stay positive because when you're positive, anything's possible. Thank, Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. 
Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An Electric Cast production. See you there.